Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Prologues. We have another guest episode today, and I'm so excited. So we're welcoming Aesthetically Alex on Instagram. She's a PA who works in medical aesthetics. Is that the correct terminology? Okay, perfect. And I asked you guys on my Instagram story for all of your burning questions, everything you've ever wanted to know about fillers, injectables, Botox, and we're going to get into that today and answer all of your questions. So we're going to do... One thing we're proud of for ourselves this week, and then one thing we're working on this week. What do you, what's yours so like? You're proud of yourself. Um, that's a good one. I'd say for me, I've been, and I actually meant to like go on Instagram and talk about this recently, but I just haven't had time. Um, I've noticed a lot of my patients right now, like probably 80, 85% of my patients are referrals. So like Ooh. friends and family of existing patients rather than Google or Yelp or whatever. And that, to me, I'm so proud because that's, like, the biggest compliment. You know, people ask, oh, should I tip my injector? Should I, you know, all these things. I'm like, the best thing that you could do for me is refer family, write a review, if you feel comfortable sharing your photos. And that, to me, just shows I'm doing something right. Yeah, because people are so happy with your work that they're like, you've got to go to Alex. It's the best thing. So I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of, like, building and where I've become. So, That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. I'm proud of getting up early and prioritizing my sleep because that's something I've been really bad at lately. I've been going to bed super late and then I've been really groggy in the morning. But I started making a habit to get up earlier and earlier every single day and now I feel like I'm in a good place with that. And then let's see, something I'm working on this week. I've been trying to cook more at home. I, like you guys know, I don't love the kitchen and I'm so bad at just eating prepackaged food or getting ready-made meals from Whole Foods or Fresh Market or something or just frozen food. I just don't like cooking. Matt is by far the chef in the family. Ryan cooks like every night. Yeah, no, same. (laughs) Like he also, when he's home, he does 90% of the cleaning (laughs) too. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing out here. It's good, no gender roles. I love it so much. No, no gender roles. Also Matt's just better at cooking. But we also split it up pretty well. When he's home, he is obsessive about the kitchen. So he cleans the kitchen and I do more of the bedroom. And that works pretty well for us. He's like constantly spraying counters and doing dishes. And I love it though. So I'm making a bigger effort to cook at home. And I haven't eaten like pre-packaged food this week so far. That's amazing. So that's actually really And it's Thursday. And it's Thursday. (laughs) That's huge for me, so yeah. I'm pretty excited That's about that. That's a good that. one. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. I mean, I'm so happy with, like I said, where my work's going, but I have been a little bit in, like, live-to-work mode mm, lately Yeah. instead of work-to-live mode, and I just, I mean, Ryan's so supportive, but at the same time, I'm like, I... I feel like everything is just a tornado right now, and I really need to, like, while I'm very grateful for where I'm at, sometimes feel like I need to take a step back Mm -hmm. and prioritize home life more, so I'm going to work on that. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, what's in and out for summer 2023, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about how Europeans get a month off. Like, we're going in August to Scotland to visit some of Matt's friends and family and his friends were saying oh while you're here like we'll take some time off we'll hang out with you guys whenever and a lot of these people came to our wedding and so they took two weeks off for that so I'm like oh my god like how much I asked how much time per year do you get off and they're like seven weeks just casually seven weeks of PTO as if that's no big you know these are just normal I mean their work hours uh, everything there is so different I just Mm -hmm. everything here is geared toward the fast pace of life um I'm kind of over hustle culture yeah why I don't want to feel bad about taking weekends off or having a strict end time to my work every day Mm -hmm. I feel like when you work from home and when you work for yourself you're just always thinking about it. Yeah. Especially because it's not, like, it's a creative job, so you're always thinking, I could do this or I could do this, and I'm really bad at letting that bleed into my entire night. Mm -hmm. So I like to turn on a Do Not Disturb feature on my phone at, like, 6 or 7, and then I'm making a big effort to completely put my phone down 
just because why? Why am I doing that? Well, it's hard for you because that's your livelihood. And so, yeah. I mean, I see some um, some people, like, that do the same work as you, and they'll come on on Monday, and they'll be like, I'm so sorry. You know, I took the weekend off. It's like, wow, you why don't really you think about that. Yeah. You know, most people, it's routine to take the weekend off. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not complaining about my job because yeah. there's so many blessings to it, but that is one thing I struggle with, too, is mm-hmm. work-life balance. It's easier when Matt's home because when Matt is home – you know, he's done with work and then you want to cook dinner and then maybe you watch a movie together or you have a nice chat. But when I'm home by myself, like while I've been living alone, why am I like, what's, what's there to stop me? Especially because Dallas is an hour behind. And so he's not getting home from work until an hour later anyway. So what's the point? Right. That's what I've been telling myself lately anyway, but no, for summer 2023, Hustle culture is out. Mm-hmm. Going out of office canceled. is it. Yeah, it's canceled. That's, Love it. That's Very important. I mean, yeah. life is already such a blur, whirlwind. Like, we need our time. I know. Like, I feel like time goes faster as I get older. Yeah. And I can't believe it's already June. Oh Insane. It's half over. I was listening to your, your podcast segment the other day when you were like, and then basically tomorrow's Christmas. Yeah, I'm no, like, it's literally. It's so true. My friends it's so are, true. It is so true because I was looking at my calendar for summer and some of my friends and I had this shared Google calendar so we can see when everyone's in and out of town, like for making plans. Yeah. And the first weekend that everyone is in town is in November. So we're like, okay, well, I'll see you for Friendsgiving, I guess. And that's it. So, so nuts. <laughs> I know. See you later. Let's do content that we've been enjoying lately. Usually I do this at the end, but I'm experimenting with the flow of my segments in the episode, seeing what people like better. So I'll do it first. I only have one. I haven't read any new books this week because I've been busy. And I also haven't, well, okay, I have started new shows, but Matt does this thing where he watches the pilot episode of a show and then he's like, no, I don't like that. And he's also one of those guys who he will watch every single trailer on Netflix or Prime or whatever before he picks a show. Before he can come in. He will literally spend an hour and a half going through every single category and before he decides something. Yeah. And I can't deal with it. So we have started trying on Apple TV and then Jury Duty on Prime. Oh. And I've enjoyed both of What's them. What's trying about? It's about this British couple who is trying to conceive a baby. Oh. But it's like a sitcom type okay. of format. I enjoyed it. I want to watch more. And he's like, no, no, no. But then he'll rewatch the same show like 10 times. So. I, I don't. Ryan does the same thing. I, it drives me out. <laughs> or the same movie. Like, I'll recommend a movie. Yeah. And I'll come home. Did you watch the movie? Oh, no. I watched. Um, he's watched The Menu like five times. Re- that was a good one. Yeah. I had such a craving for a cheeseburger after Yeah, that. right? Yeah. yeah. Shake Shack. Aunt Matt and I left the movie theater and ordered burgers on yeah. the way home. Yeah. Um, but no, Matt does the same thing. His favorite TV show, well, it's either Peaky Blinders okay. or The Last Kingdom. He's currently rewatching both of them I, for the fifth especially time. Especially with like a million seasons. Yep. I can't. That's another thing. Brian <laughs> refuses to watch a show if there's more than three existing seasons. He said it's too overwhelming. It's too much of a yeah. commitment. So then I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to watch a 12 season show by myself. Yeah. You know? I know. I will say one nice thing about him working in Texas is that I've been watching my shows by myself. Yeah. So that's been kind of fun. Yeah. But I, so I don't have shows or books, but I do have a content creator. Her name is Larissa Mills and I think she's in her fifties. She, you might recognize her on TikTok, you guys, if you've seen those videos of a college age daughter named Ella asking her extremely hot and well-dressed mother where her outfit pieces are from. It's like a whole series she does. Anyway, Larissa Mills is the mother and her style isn't exactly my style, but she's so chic and she's so put together and her clothes are so beautiful. And I'm just mesmerized by every video she makes. I'm like, you are the woman I want to be when I grow up. So I'm loving her. Larissa Mills. Larissa Mills. Mills. Okay. Yeah. I have to check it out. She's so, she's so elegant. She carries herself with such grace. I'm actually in love with her. Where's, is she mostly Instagram content? She does Instagram and TikTok. Oh, okay. The daughters, I think like Larissa Mills, the mom, gained a following because her daughter kept posting these TikToks mm. of being like, mom, where's your outfit from? And then people were obsessed with it. Yeah. So yeah, now they're both content creators. Oh, cool. I have to check She's very, like, old money aesthetic. Ooh. Maybe she actually is old. Maybe it's yeah, not aesthetic. Maybe. maybe she just is. 
They live in New England, so you never know. I love the New England. Like, New England is my... I, it, I used to be... I mean, I'm still a California, like, love Southern California, but New England is my... Like, if I want to get on a plane in 45 minutes, be in Boston, drive up the mm. coast, I mean, that just yeah. does it for me. I love the New England vibe. My freshman year sweet mate in college was a girl from Cape Cod. Her name is Cassie. And after we became friends, I would visit her during the summer, pre-COVID, and that was my first time spending any time on the Cape. And it, the vibe of the beaches so there cool. is so cool. It's so magical. It's like... It's so different. Oh, I love it. So different than yeah. like OBX or something. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, what about you? Favorite books, um, shows, anything? I used, I was on a book kick for a while, but I haven't read any good books lately. Um, I did just watch the series from The Last Thing He Told Me on mm-hmm. Apple TV, which was a book I read a while ago. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. It's, I think it's pretty accurate, and they casted well for it, so that I like that one. And then... Um, Ted Lasso. Oh my god. Yeah, we're big Ted Lassos oh, now. Have you finished it? <laughs> no, we're like halfway through season two. I'm literally rewatching it right now yeah. because I loved it so much. It's who's so your, feel good. Who's your I favorite mean, character? Um I think Roy, Roy is my favorite. Yeah. He's, he's so grouchy. Yeah. I, I love, love a grouchy man. Yeah. I mm, Okay, this might not make sense with where you are yet. This isn't a spoiler, but just trust the process. Okay. I love Jamie. Oh, okay. I love Jamie. Yeah. Season three, you will fall in love okay. with Jamie Tart. Uh, well, I'm at the point where, that just reminded me, I'm at the point where um, Keely's been getting lucky all over the place. So, like, yeah. Jamie just came up to her and said, by the way, I'm still in love with oh, you. Oh, my God. Roy just, um, you know. Yeah, the was funeral episode. Melty, cutie, supportive, like the photo shoot yeah. thing. And I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Because I love Roy so much, but I feel yeah. like it's trying to almost pull you to like Jamie again. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Also, so that's where we're at. season two, fuck Nate. Oh, yeah. Nate's so yeah. Annoying. I just found out where he uh-huh. was the one that told. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, I yep, mean, yep. how insane. I know, but. Jamie, and you know what? It's so I'm toxic because Jamie, I love a man with a redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. I love a handsome, athletic man with big muscles and a redemption arc. Yeah, and he looks so cute. Oh His my new god, haircut at the end of season two. I know. I love him. Okay, yeah. well, if you love Jamie now, just wait. Oh, uh, okay. Just I'm ready. Wait. Okay, so Ted Lasso, that's a good one. Do you have anything else? Content. So I have always been. I feel like people are just discovering Morgan Stewart now. I've been like a Morgan okay. Stewart stan since the boobs and lubes days. Like, Wait, I don't know that it went Morgan on. Stewart? I'm gonna look up right oh now. Oh my gosh, she's such a babe. Morgan Stewart. Yeah. She's amazing. I think fashion-wise, she has the easiest looks to do, mm. like, looks for less kind of thing. I love Rocky Barnes, but she's a little bit too, like, unattainable. I, I Just mm. not super realistic with some of her vibe. But I've just been on a Morgan Stewart kick lately. And, yeah, I mean, Guilty Pleasure, okay. Rocky Barnes, too. But yeah. that's probably my two content people that... Cool. Yeah. Any podcast, show, or you already mm. said shows, like, music, anything? Um, I've been, like, on Lainey Wilson Radio nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. It's almost, it's summertime. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a warm we're summer day. Mood. We're getting the mood. Windows up this week, but... <laughs> yeah, oh my god. So, guys, we're filming, we're recording this. <sighs> The week where the eastern, like, east coast has been overtaken by the smoke from Canada. Um, And we're actually recording this on DC's worst day. The air quality is currently at 256. I just checked. We, both of us, when we went outside, you feel your throat getting tense. I have a slight tension headache. I went outside for 20 minutes yesterday to get groceries, and I was hacking and coughing. It's really bad. So that's what we're dealing with this week. I am so hopeful that by the time this episode goes up, it's just a distant memory. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Fingers crossed. That was a good segment. We getting into the goods? We're getting into the goods now. Okay, so like I said, I asked you guys on my story, what have you always wanted to know? So when you go in for the first time, you do a little consult, you ask all your burning questions. So consider this to be almost like a consultation. So I'm just going to go through the most asked questions. I got a ton of responses, but I've pulled the biggest ones that the most people asked. 
And let's just do it. Cool. Let's go for it. Okay, so number one, a lot of people want to know, are lip flips even worth it or should you just get filler? Such and a good question. So I always, like we were talking about this earlier, I feel like people, I have two ends of the spectrum, people that are super well educated and, you know, they come in, they're like telling me what they need in their face, right? Um, and then there's people that, like, the very basic question. To yeah. me, it's very basic, right? Lip filler, lip flip. Mm-hmm. So it totally depends. Um, it depends on your anatomy. So okay. a lot of people have the misconception that a lip flip will make it look like you have more volume. Okay. Both at rest and, let me just put it ease- more easily. So lip flip in the right patient. So if you're someone that you're like, I love how my lips look at rest, but when I smile, my like top, top lip, lip curls under. Disappears. Exactly. But if I could have the volume when I smile that I have at rest, mm-hmm. then you're a good candidate for a lip flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lip flip is not filler. No. It's anywhere from like four to eight units of tox. Oh, that's not very much. Yep. That's and actually then, so tiny. Exactly. And then lip filler is if you're like, I want a little bit of lip hydration. Mm-hmm. I want those fine lines to go away and my right. lips look like they have that gloss. I want a little bit more volume. Or if you need more shape, structure, mm-hmm. asymmetries you want to correct. And then there's some patients that are actually th- the best bang for their buck would be both lip filler mm-hmm. and a lip flip because they have that anatomy right. where it pulls under. Um but then they also are seeking those other things too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I think a full syringe now mm-hmm. of lip filler. I got half a syringe last year and mine was corrective. So the left mm-hmm. side of my top lip was smaller than the right side. So Tori did that one and mm-hmm. she went in and she just, she placed it very precisely yep. right along that edge. And then she built up that side. And then we just did a tiny little bit in the bottom and on the other side for a little bit of volume. Mm-hmm. And then I came to you two months ago yeah. or something. And I was like, okay, I like the shape now. They're even. They're symmetrical. Now I want a little bit of plumpness. Yep. I want a little juiciness. And then we did the other yeah, half of the syringe. Yeah, it looks syringe. so good. I, think, I actually really love it. I love that. I love it. We don't have to like toot our horns no, or anything, no, but you did they a look good so job. good. You like, did very such natural. a good job. Yeah. They still look, I feel like they're still very proportionate to yep, my face. Yeah, totally. They're perfect. That kind of leads into another question people really want to know. Have you ever refused to do a service for a client because they want too much yeah. for their face? All yeah. All the time. All the time? Yeah. I think it's important. I Like, I personally will never put myself in a situation. I mean, I don't believe in it. I think it's so wrong where people do services just to do them or they think yeah. like, oh, I only have this many patients today. Like, this person wants filler. Eh, wouldn't look that great on them, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do it, right? Okay. Um, for many reasons, right? Something very superficial as, at the end of the day, when you come to me and you walk out of my office, you're a walking advertisement for me. Yeah, it's like your portfolio. Yeah. So they have to look good. So no, I don't that want makes so someone out in the wild that their friend, <laughs> instead of giving them an honest, like, what did you do? This looks bad. Yeah. Like, oh, it looks great. Who'd you see? And right. they say, oh, I saw this person. Well, there's my yeah. portfolio. There's my reputation. So for that reason. But then also... There's just things that simply need surgery or the patient that's kind mm. of like the red flag patient that you're like, I really don't want to touch so this patient. So what's the red flag patient? Red flag patient. Um, <laughs> so someone that comes in already overfilled, right? Okay. Or someone that you can just tell that their needs are more than what they're telling what they me. Think. It's more Their expectations of like a, are... Either expectations or it's more of like a psychological, like that person's never going to be happy. Ah. Or they're, they're saying they want filler, but really they're unhappy right. for other reasons. And so I'll just simply say, you know, I don't think I can meet your expectations. Right. And ethically you can't mm-hmm. contribute to something that's... Correct. Like diving into their own insecurities yep. or things like that. And then the patients that come in and they say, oh, I saw this person... And they're, they're bad-talking other injectors. Like, oh, I oh, saw right. this person, I saw that person, this person botched this, this person. It's just, you do not Because they might go not ever that. be happy. They're never going to be happy. And if they're bad-talking mm-hmm. someone else, it's, you know, there, there right. are some bad injectors on here. There's a lot of good injectors around here, but I that's also a red flag. Interesting. If yeah. someone came in and they were totally overfilled in their lips and they wanted more, would you say, like, it's time to dissolve and start oh, yeah. over? Yeah. I tell people I won't 
touch them until they let me dissolve their lip. Yeah, let's start mm-hmm. over from scratch. Mm-hmm. And then I've had patients process. that have, I've said that, they go somewhere else, oh. they get that filler, and then they come back and they're, and they're like, like, I shot botched. myself in the foot. I regret this. I invested this money. Can you please dissolve? And so, oh. yeah. Did, haven't you said that getting it dissolved hurts so much worse than filler? So, I don't know. Like, I have very sensitive skin. I'm a slow healer. I'm a bruiser. I'm a bleeder. Um, but for <laughs> all, all that, I'm the lucky one, <laughs> you know. But, um, no, I had to have my lips dissolved because I was one of the lucky ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, the 1% or whatever. But I had a reaction to a certain product, and it was, like, eight weeks before my wedding. So, I needed a little bit dissolved and then and then refilled. Scary. And so I went through that. It was totally okay. Oh, like, really? very anticlimactic. So <laughs> I think it depends how much you need to dissolve. But um, obviously, the more, the more swelling, the more bruising. Mm. I don't think it's too terrible. Some people think it's painful. But I do a full dental block still for if someone needs full yeah. dissolving. So pretty tolerable in that sense. A lot of people did ask about the pain with lip filler. Mm-hmm. So you do the two-prong numbing approach. Yep. And I have experienced this firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I can say, other than that really weird corner of my mouth yeah. that would not... So when I got lip filler, guys, she did the numbing approach, which she'll tell you about. But for whatever reason, something about my physiology, the lower right corner of my mouth doesn't numb. It just doesn't do it. And you you put a lot. Yeah. You really tried. I went for it. <laughs> you really went for it. <laughs> and it we just, even did topical over there, I, right? Yeah. While we were doing the rest of the lip. It was crazy. And I, for whatever reason, something about my anatomy, I guess, yeah. it just didn't numb. So other than that, though, the rest of my mouth was completely numbed and I didn't even feel it. Yeah. So what's your numbing approach. Yeah. So I do, um, I don't know if you call it dental block, modified dental block, but basically I go through the skin right next to the nose. Um, same place you'd inject for like a gummy smile with, um, lidocaine with epinephrine. I do a little bit on each side up top and then I go inside the mouth and do a traditional dental block in the, for Mm -hmm. the lower lip so that that completely numbs the upper and lower lip. And it should be numb for maybe everyone's different. I'd say maybe 30 minutes to an hour after the session. It's not too bad. Um, I would say, yeah, like 30 minutes in my experience. I know when I've gone to get a filling or something at the dentist, that numbing lasts Mm -hmm. six hours. But for lip filler, it's really, it's not that bad at all. Cool. So a second ago, you mentioned like there's good injectors around here. Mm -hmm. There's bad injectors. So many people want to know what should you look for in a provider? Like how do you know, what are the the green flags in a provider so you know you can trust them? Because I know like with you, I'll go in and because I trust you, I'll just say, here's what I'm thinking. But, you know, what what do you think? Just do whatever you think would look best. Here's what I want. You have free reign. So if someone's trying to find that, what should they look for? Yeah. So I think um, things to look for, things to be cautious of. I think there's so many. Luckily around here, we're in an area where there's so many to choose from. Like in Arlington, you can throw a rock and hit 20 places. There really are. So (laughs) I think first and foremost, it is aesthetics but it's aesthetic medicine you know you're going in for something medical but you want to be achieving your goals you want to be feeling confident happy sexy right um you want to be with someone that you can be very honest and feel comfortable around so I think finding someone that you would jive with that you're like okay I feel like I can relate to this person whether um you know you go in for a consult and you feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. or if they post more personable content on social and you look and you're like oh this person you know has good energy I think that's important because you're not going to feel if you feel really uptight or uncomfortable around someone you might not be fully honest with what your goals are or if god forbid you do a treatment and and you hate it are you going to be comfortable enough to tell them true right yeah so i think that's important i think credentials everyone always says credentials yeah so fortunately here uh everyone needs to be a clinician so everyone needs to be a physician physician associate nurse practitioner or a nurse to inject Okay. Uh, in this area, in the in the DMV, and that's not the case everywhere. No, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, I just heard actually in Europe, there's people. It's it's like the Wild West. Like anyone <laughs> can go and, and get stuff at a pharmacy. And holy it's shit, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't look into the full details there, but it's it, in some places it is yeah, crazy. And I know really other lax. states in the U.S. I think, I think. Don't quote me on this, but Arizona. I think mm. is another place where it's a little bit loose on the... Interesting. Yes. for And the thing is, there's no formal training. There's no like, right. oh, I went and got this certificate mm. and now I'm a legitimate injector. Unfortunately, as long as you have one of those medical licenses, 
you can be out and injecting. So I would look at portfolio for okay. sure. Um, you know, I have some patients that come in and they want those lips that walk in before they do. And then I have the other 99% of my patients that really want natural. Mm-hmm. And so I try to post all of those things so that patients can see I can cater to what you're looking yeah. for and what's right for your anatomy. Um, and then reviews. So looking at Google, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't look at followers because, unfortunately, young and old injectors, there are people that buy, buy followers, followers out there. And so you'll see a page that has, right? I mean, even not a large amount, like 8,000 followers. But then you'll look at their content and it doesn't really Yeah, match and you up. can also tell, trick of the trade, guys, if someone has a ton of followers but really low engagement, meaning they don't get very mm-hmm. many likes on their posts compared to the amount of followers they have, that's a sign that they're probably buying. Right. If someone has, like... I would say between 5 and 15% engagement is pretty normal. And then like 20 or higher is a really, really good sign. But if it's like really low, like anything 5 or less, I would say that person's buying followers. Mm-hmm. You can always tell. And I've then you can this... look at who's followers. It's yeah. so obvious. You yeah. can look at the followers and tell. I've been in this industry long enough that I can tell the second I look at a profile who's buying their followers and who isn't. So you're a PA. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you actually gain this experience and if there's no formal training I know you worked with Tori and you shadowed her I was really fortunate Mm -hmm. um so I knew I wanted to get into aesthetics as soon as I graduated so I've been practicing as a PA since 2014 in neurosurgery predominantly Mm -hmm. and then honestly the real answer I started going to Tori in preparation for you know my own uh events my wedding and and etc and her and I really clicked. You know, I loved her as an injector, loved her as a person. And then I voiced an interest in aesthetic medicine, and she actually knew that she was going to be venturing off to Utah. So she kind of took me under her wing, and she was my mentor. She told me what trainings to go to, mm. what conferences to go to. She gave me a ton of hands-on training. Yeah. And then I just sought out other injectors in the area as well, um, went to different trainings, conferences nationwide. Right. And you just... It's so hard because the, people don't list on their um, resume, their mm-hmm. their what you would see as a patient. People yeah. don't list, oh, these are the trainings I went to, nor would you know. Oh, okay, right. this yeah. is a good training, this is a bad training. But I just got a lot of good training from the companies too, Allergan, Galderma, um, Revance. So I was really fortunate with the amount of trainings that I got yeah. and a lot of shadow hours because it's very expensive. I mean, training, this goes into cost of product, which is a whole other mm-hmm. conversation, but um, training can cost over $20,000 just Holy to get shit. started. Yeah. And then maintenance every year. I mean, you should be investing in trainings every year. Like continuing education. Yep, yeah, exactly. And 20,000. Yeah. And they can that range. They can you've range. Already, you've already done medical school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. But I, some are $5,000 for training. I know some injectors that charge a thousand an hour just to shadow them. So oh, wow. it's, a, it's not cheap. Yeah, a lot of people also asked how you get into this industry. Mm-hmm. I have a couple nurses and more PAs yeah. that were like, I'd like to work in medical aesthetics, but I don't know how to start. So yeah. would you say try to shadow? So before Tori, I had basically what I did. I went on Indeed. There's really not a lot on there at any given mm. time. But I Googled. There was a day I spent eight hours just Googling practices in the area that I would be willing to commute to that weren't even listed as hiring. And I would look and see, do they have five surgeons and one nurse or no nurses or one PA, but that PA is in the OR. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a med spa, even if it was just like a laser place or something, and they don't have any PAs. And I just emailed, like I would call all these places, ask for their office manager and just email them like, hey, here's my resume. I'm in the area. Um, And some people can appreciate, I I have a lot of hands-on skills with the neurosurgery background, but I did actually get a couple interviews just from doing that. People that weren't even, there was like a ENT practice that was looking for, or that was about to start Mm -hmm. looking for someone. So there's that. And then the other thing you can do is reach out to injectors, same thing, practices that you would entertain working in that area, commuting to that area, and asking if you can shadow those injectors and trying to find one that's either affordable or 
that doesn't charge for shadowing. And you can just word of mouth from, you never know what you're going to get out of that experience. And then you're gaining all the learning as well. You did it the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. You hit the road. I did. Knocking door to door. Literally (laughs) knocking door to door. I I think there's something to say for that as well. And I know other people that had success with that. Not the same in every industry, but in this one, you'd say that works. Yeah. And why not? Cool. No, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned cost of product. Another question I got a lot is what is the true price range for these processes? I always see influencers get it at a discount. Mm -hmm. I will say I've never gotten a discount. Um, What? You do. Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You do, Mary. I thought that was because of my membership program. Oh, is it? Are you from Extendbar? Aspire. No, I have like no, the... No, you get Aspire points, but then you also oh, get... Oh, so uh, completely 20, scratch that. 20%. <laughs> I thought the 20% was my Aspire No, membership. that's $20. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Guys, you should have seen, the second I said, I don't get a discount, she mouths to me, yes, you do. <laughs> okay, immediately humbled, immediately corrected oh, and educated. Oh my God, no, that's I mean, amazing. That's, you know what, fair enough. Thank you for telling me. I had no idea. Yeah. I would pay full price anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I was like, oh, and I don't mind. I'm happy to be. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Yeah. Now I know. Um, now I know. Wh- so what are the, what's the breakdown? Yeah. So every place is different. I'd say, generally speaking, lip filler or, or just one syringe of filler in general ranges between 650 and 750 some practices go up to 850 mm-hmm. per syringe some people do package pricing whether it's oh we can do jawline for you for this price and that's it okay is it common though because a jawline can be like three syringes or six syringes right, right. Tox, units per tox yeah. yeah so some places charge by area i would avoid mm-hmm. Don't shoot me for saying this, but I would avoid places that charge by like, area. Charge like per forehead or yeah, something. Yeah, so okay. for example, my friend used to go somewhere that charged by area and she didn't know and she was paying like $300 just for her chin and her chin is six units. That was like a wow. $60 treatment that she was paying $300. If you're doing crow's feet, maybe you get your bang for your buck because uh-huh. crow's feet's a lot of units in some patients, but by area is generally very pricey. Okay, Um, so you want to get price per unit. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, on average, this is, it's a huge range. Like, in any forehead that's between the ages of, I don't know, like, 20 and 25 and 50, um, number of units can be as low as 6 units in the forehead, Mm -hmm. as high as 25 units in the forehead. Yeah. And then pricing is... 10 to 12 dollars a unit if mm-hmm. if we're talking disport or, or botox and then in between the brows anywhere from i'd say that's more like 15 units on okay. average sometimes more sometimes less and then crow's feet in my younger patients i don't like to do a lot because mm-hmm. it can change your smile so yeah i did not like i like yeah wanted to try crow's feet and you let me and i, I got three on each side mm-hmm. i think and i didn't like it yeah. because i felt like my smile didn't reach my eyes exactly and it looked a little stiff mm-hmm. a little stiff um so correct me if i'm wrong i get 20 units when i do my disport touch-up i'm pretty sure yeah 20 units and then is it nine in the forehead 11 in the well, how do you break it down I between the brows? I think that's right. I think it's you told me on my last visit that you do like two more units between my brows than you do in my forehead. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So then that must be it. So it I must be 11 and 9, which is actually kind of low for in here. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting three months out of it, then that dose is fine for you. Yeah. A lot of people wanted to know how long it lasts. I would say just personal experience. When I get my disport touch up, it's a good three months mm-hmm. before I want it again and I'm also 24 turning 25 in two months and I started when I was 23 but another big question is one how young should you start Mm -hmm. two is preventative Botox actually a thing is it actually preventative and Mm -hmm. then three what is baby Botox and what would you consider how many units would be baby Botox Mm -hmm. and then what would you consider to be more than that I'm like so passionate about my baby (laughs) Botox tangent I love it yeah so okay so preventative talks thousand percent yes um I won't treat anyone personally I won't treat anyone under 21 um I don't think I have any 21 year olds that come in everyone's around like the the age that you started is probably the youngest that I generally see yeah. It was pretty young, yeah. yeah. I, I think I started at 23 just mm-hmm. because 
I was noticing little lines that That's were settling when I into started my too. My, yeah. I had this one stubborn line that was already leaving a resting line yeah, on my forehead. Yeah, that's what I had. And so I went to a plastic surgeon, and here I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm so young. He's going to tell me, oh, you need, like, no units. Yeah. And I was quickly humbled. Like, <laughs> by the, okay, we need to do preventative, right? So ended up getting more than I thought. But I think 100% preventative talks. You know, you look at... Um, like look at your mom, other women in your family, and you'll see the deep resting lines. Cause we're kind of that first generation that I feel like is, is using. Yeah. We yeah, were saying this earlier. Where it's more common. It's like since 2005 yeah. that talks has been approved for cosmetic yep. purposes. Yep. So I, even now, if I go six months without treating for whatever reason, that forehead line that I had when I was 25, I, I don't have that I have some wrinkles Mm. and my skin doesn't look as good yeah but I don't have these deep set resting lines interesting yeah Yeah. so Matt's almost 27 and he has so many lines in his forehead already and I it's like we can go into the double standard for a second it's crazy how in men that's like you're aging so well it's cute but I even feel it too I look at Matt and his forehead lines and I'm like you're so you're such a man yeah and then I look at mine and I'm like "Mm." there's one singular wrinkle and I'm like one "Mm." aberrant wrinkle you're like we need to fix it so definitely a double (laughs) standard when it comes to aging but Yeah. yeah I mean I'm really happy getting mine and one thing I will say though is I would get tox even if it did nothing for my forehead lines and my forehead wrinkles I would get tox for the skin benefits absolutely it's actually my favorite part because I came to you this last time and that was the most movement I'd had in my forehead in like two years and I didn't really even mind it as much as I minded the texture mm-hmm. um, and the bumps on my forehead. So I don't know how, but Botox and Dysport make your skin so smooth. Yeah, the effect it has on the pores, it's its amazing. It Just that glow. Because yeah. I could be using all of my medical grade skincare, avoiding the sun like the plague. And when I don't have my tox, it's just that like dull. It's different. Something's it's a little crazy. off. It makes your skin look so good. It's like getting a facial. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would literally get it even if it did nothing for my forehead lines. Totally. Um, And so with preventative, it makes sense because if you're starting young, those deep set lines never have a chance to form. Totally, yeah. But then you've also said a mistake people made with preventative is that they'll do the forehead and they'll do nothing in the lower face. Yeah. So then you're showing... Like, there's a discrepancy yeah, between the Botox. aging. There's a couple things we call Botox sign in that first population. Like, basically, our parents age through women that are probably currently in their, like, 70s, where you see all up here, right? You all know, forehead, forehead, between the brows, eyes. And then you see two things. One, you'll see widening of the bridge of the nose because okay. they weren't toxing here, you know, the bunny lines. Yeah. And so that actually, that will compensate for the rest of the upper face. And you'll see this widening. Like the muscles will yeah. overcompensate. Atrophy. Yeah. To, oh, okay. Because it's trying to pull here and here and it can't pull. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get widening here. And then you'll see the lower half of their face looks ages older. Interesting. Because they weren't thinking at all. It wasn't mm-hmm. conventional to, yeah. to treat. And it is a big commitment, and a lot of people ask, once you start, do you have to do it forever? And I mean, I mean, Botox wears off. Like, it right. will just completely wear off. But, yeah, if you want it to be preventative, yeah. that's something you would need to... I think to... even twice a year makes a difference. Yeah. If you're getting... Now, dose equals duration. Kind of goes with the whole baby Botox thing. Baby Botox isn't really a thing in the sense of you don't come to your injector and say, okay, I'm only 25. Can we just do like 10 units? Yeah. Because dose equals duration. It's the same as if you have an infection and you need an antibiotic and your doctor says you need Mm. 500 milligrams. You're like, oh, well, I'm young. Can I just take 200? (laughs) You know, you can't do that. People forget it's medicine. So dose equals duration, meaning you can go and get those 10 units. They might work for Mm -hmm. a month. Yeah. You're not going to get the FDA-approved duration, which is three-plus months, unless your dose is appropriate. So baby Botox in the sense of, okay, you're young, you don't have a lot of resting lines, they go to animate, I'm mapping them out, and it's a pretty low dose. Uh Generally, if someone's in their 20s, maybe 20s number of units, 30s, 30s number of units, that's just for the upper face. Of course, if you're doing like masseters... Um, lip flip, chin, all those things add up and it's more units, but generally for upper face. People are so curious about the masseters. That was a big one. And now I'm thinking I want it again. I know I've gone back and forth so many times. I told you I got my night guard for my clenching and grinding. Yeah. The night guard is doing amazing things for my teeth. Uh I'm not wearing my teeth down anymore. 
but I feel like when I have the night guard, I'm actually clenching more, more. because there's something in between my teeth yeah. and my brain is just like biting on it all the time. Yeah. So I feel like my teeth are protected, but now I'm clenching more than I ever have. So I'm like, okay, well now my masseters are, are gonna... Are you getting more headaches or, or anything? Um... God, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Because I'm also perpetually dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's really hard to tell. Fair. But I do feel like sometimes... I didn't know that I clenched my teeth until a dentist told me because mm-hmm. they saw the wear and tear. Because I, I wasn't waking up with jaw soreness. Oh, okay. Now, with the night guard, mm-hmm. which was very expensive, it was like $2,000 to get a custom-fitted night guard. And they didn't do... Did insurance cover any of it? It did not. I did, literally... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, but now sometimes I wake up with jaw soreness because I'm clenching more than ever. My mm-hmm. teeth are protected, but now I'm clenching more than ever. So actually, I know I've gone back and forth, yeah. but I'm telling you, patient to doctor right now. <laughs> yeah, I think cool. I'm going to do it because I'm, yeah, the, I can tell the muscles are working yeah. so hard. But masseter Botox, yeah. people get it for TMJ. Mm-hmm. People also get it to slim their face. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Yeah, so it's a pretty bulky muscle compared mm-hmm. to the other muscles of the face that you're treating. By the way, so oh, if you sorry. Your, yeah. Sorry, by the way, guys, your masseter is this big muscle on the side of your jaw. Yeah. Like, um, so if you put your hand on either side, of your, like right above your jawline, right in front of your ear, mm-hmm. maybe like a centimeter in front of that, and then you bite down really hard. You can feel you it You can pulls. feel that yeah. muscle belly. So that it's you can tell it's a big muscle belly. The rest of the muscles of the face, like forehead it's like a sheet of tissue paper compared yeah. to here so you need a lot of units and we treat it with a different approach okay so in the forehead everywhere else we're just trying to relax mm-hmm. those muscles we're not trying to totally knock them out or Where atrophy the them. goal is muscle right. atrophy exactly so okay. with masseters you really want to you basically want to make it imagine someone who has a cast on their arm uh-huh. and then they get it taken off several weeks later and you look and it's a noticeable physical difference in the muscle mm. mass compared to the other side that's our goal with the masseters otherwise you're not going to have the symptom relief right. and you're not going to have the aesthetic change and it's also not a quick aesthetic change you need to give it time unlike your forehead Which where we like, say oh yeah you might see a difference in a few days to two weeks it's okay maybe in a month you start to see some mm. subtle aesthetic change maybe three months maybe six months for like your peak effect so the muscle needs time yep to so shrink. you really want to knock it out the first treatment and then you have to be really diligent about your second treatment being three to no more than four months later doing the same amount of units Mm -hmm. and then if you're good about that once you get to that third treatment you can go down a lot in number of units and you said it's a lot of units like what are we talking here uh like 20 to 30 per side is pretty fair per side so 40 to 60, which at our practice is between 400 to $600. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have heard some people say that their insurance covers yes. if you're getting it for TMJ. With a dentist. Yeah. It, unfortunately, at our practice, at any aesthetic practice, mm-hmm. it, there's no insurance. I think my dentist actually does it. To- you should check. Yeah. I, I mean, I would had, still come to you. but like- I have had one patient who, because there is a muscle called the rosorius that travels along kind of from like where your earlobe is all the way to the corner of your mouth uh-huh. if you accidentally hit that when you're injecting the masseter you can have a oh. like stroke like looking smile so the corner of your mouth will pull down towards your yeah. like uh i'm probably doing it wrong basically you go to smile yeah. and the unaffected side will pull uh-huh. and this side will be blunted like flat. okay so you'll have like a one-sided a one-sided smile yeah okay um, I've had one patient that, and I genuinely don't know what dentist she went to, but she went and that unfortunately happened to her and that can last longer than, okay. can last But you did not months. do that. No, I've, that not, I've not had it happen. I've not even seen, you know, as aesthetic injectors, we do it all the time uh-huh. and I've not even seen that as okay. a complication from like any of my colleagues in the area either. So crazy. So maybe a dentist, <clears throat> maybe. I would go if you trust your dentist, I would yeah. ask that dentist how how many of these they do, how frequently they do it. And if you trust them, I mean, get it covered. It's an expensive treatment, especially the first two. Okay. So this person has a more specific question. It's kind of interesting. I have a nose bump I want to get rid of, but Mm. not do full surgery. Can I fix it with injectables? Oh, another hill I die on. (laughs) (laughs) So yes or no? So, So yeah. So when it comes to the first thing I tell someone is when they say, I have a little nose bump. It's very subjective, right? So are we talking like a tiny little thing that I can't even see when I'm looking at you? <laughs> right. Or are we talking like, okay, you would look at this person and say, maybe maybe they would 
feel like life changing with the rhinoplasty, right? Um, <clears throat> the first thing I ask a patient is, is it worth you, is this bump worth more than the risk of blindness? Is that a risk? With a liquid rhinoplasty, yes. Really? So a liquid rhinoplasty would is mean... using filler to correct aesthetic to imperfections of the nose. <gasps> yes. That's scary. I've seen it done so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not seen blindness happen, but it is a risk. I can't quote the statistics. I think it's it's low, but, right, but the it issue is it can be corrected, right? Okay. Um, however, the injection that's required to correct the blindness is actually through <gasps> the... Yes, through the eye. She's pointing to her eye socket. <laughs> yeah. So... Plastic surgeons are licensed and familiar with that injection. Okay. I have never done that injection, nor would I. So, so you'd say no. my thoughts are, if you, if number one, if it's worth the risk to you, and number two, if you never, ever want to have surgery, go for a consult. Now, not every patient is a candidate. If your bump is really close to, um, how do I say your globella? globella. Like if you're... Too close to the eyes. Too close to the eyes. Like the too eyes. high up on the yes. nose bridge. Some bumps actually can't be corrected unless it's surgical because the liquid rhinoplasty could actually make your nose look larger. Mm. Um, so it totally depends on the location, size, etc. of the bump. But I personally would say go to a plastic surgeon because they're the ones that, God forbid, you have that adverse reaction. They can correct it. They can put the hyaluronidase okay. in that area and safely correct it. I, while there are several injectors that do this, and I'm curious, right? Because we're not. What's I don't know a single record? injector like me that's that's trained in it. Okay. So you could go and get a good result, but then is that person going to be on the phone with a plastic surgeon scrambling to find right. you? Right. So you to would say it? to this girl, you'd say only a plastic surgeon yes. really weigh the cost. In my personal opinion, okay. yes. Now there's a lot of injectors that have been injecting way longer than I have in this area that do them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if I wanted one, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable, yeah. right, going to them. But for someone that I care about that needs right. one, I would personally tell them to go to a plastic surgeon. Okay. And when it comes to other, like, processes on the face, does that one have more risks, it sounds like? like as far as filler? Risk? Yeah. That, that in the forehead, if someone says, oh, I have this line here, or, or my 11s are super etched, like, sometimes you see these women come in who they want are filler waiting behind their... the eight ball on... Um, yes, on talks, yeah. and then they want some filler. That's also same thing. That can that can retrograde into the retinal artery and cause blindness. Well, then how come it's different under the eye, like for under eye filler, or is that a risk for blindness too? How how so? Totally different. Like the vasculature anatomy okay. is different. Mm-hmm. So with under eye filler. That gets injected. There's always a risk of, so so there is um, a vessel in this region, which we're not really, of course, if you're doing cheek, right, that's always, there's always a risk of vascular occlusion with filler. So your Mm -hmm. injector should be telling you anytime you get filler, you know, there is a risk of skin necrosis, a risk of, uh, someone could describe to you the symptoms of vascular occlusion. Are you aware this can be corrected because we are using um, you want to make sure they're using hyaluronic acid-based fillers, right? Okay. So everything we carry at our practice is hyaluronic acid-based right. um, in, when we're talking about the face. So <clears throat> there's always that risk anywhere. And you can be the most skilled injector on earth because all of these things we do to prevent vascular occlusion, they're not 100%. The only thing right. that's 100% no risk is not injecting the face with filler. And maybe someone has like crazy anatomy that just like yeah, maybe something everyone, is just a, millil- so many, a millimeter off to the exactly, side and yeah like the, the amount of variability with um vascular anatomy in the face is wild patient to patient okay so we do all these things to prevent we aspirate we know our anatomy in mm-hmm. and out but at the end of the day it's still a risk no matter your experience no matter what level. you do yeah yeah Interesting. Okay. I actually, I told you, I have been looking into places nearby that do PRP because y'all don't do it yet, right? Mm-hmm. No. But you said, is PRP coming? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been looking into it and I would like to do under eye PRP. I'm a little bit afraid of yeah. filler um, totally. underneath my eyes. I'm just afraid of like the cannula that goes in through your cheek and goes yeah, all the way so up there. Yeah. So they might do the PRP. That way cannula. too? They oh. might. But you can do just injection, <laughs> just PRP injections yeah. in the under eye. I think that's what I like. My under eyes have always been dark. I have an olive skin tone, a Mediterranean skin tone, and my under eyes I feel like have always been a little dark Yeah. and I don't love it, but 
I mean, I also love a good concealer, so it's not the end of the world, but... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people love the, um, the Color Science Total Eye. I think it's... I'm probably butchering the name, but... Is that a, like, a It's a medical product? grade oh, corrective okay. and concealer. And a lot oh, of people okay. really like it for pigment. Like, if it's more of a pigment thing than a hollowness thing. For me, it's pigment. Yeah, so, to be honest, I mean, PRP is great. Well, there's, like, a little... You can see my little divot there. I mean, it might look worse to me than it looks in to other time, people. In yeah. time, you may be a candidate, right, for when filler. I'm older. But I think PRP's great. Yeah. Yeah, PRP, PRF. Slight sidebar, I've never tried medical grade skincare. Oh my gosh. Is it life-changing? Yeah, so mm. for someone that's just getting into skincare, I don't think you need like 50 things. Right. The two biggest things are Physical sunscreen, which doesn't really need to be medical grade. Anything that's titanium or zinc based, you mm -hmm. can get. There's obviously better ones, right? Like a mineral sunscreen. Ones. Mineral sunscreen, exactly. That's the biggest thing. Applying it every two hours. So get one that you're actually going to apply every two hours, whether that's like a compact or the little powder brush. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a spray. Yeah. That I like. It's like a, I don't know. Is it the Pacifica one? The like setting no, makeup spray? No, it's actually by Hawaiian Tropic, oh. and, which is more of like a, like they don't really do cosmetic things. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's SPF 30 and it's just a fine mist. Perfect. And I use that in the summer because... Yeah, how are you supposed to put SPF exactly. on Exactly, you don't want you at the beach, you don't want to touch your yeah, face. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to do it. Um, I do always wonder how well the SPF I apply over makeup is actually working. Yeah. But I also do, like, I like to use skincare or um, base makeup products that have SPF too. I don't know. So that's the thing is when you're doing makeup, if you take, the best way to tell if you're using enough sunscreen is if you do a full pump along your middle finger and a full pump along your ring finger. So two fingers. Yep, right. that's how much um, you should be putting on your whole face. And generally, you're not using that much foundation. True, um, true, true, true. So I would say don't count anything that's in your makeup and apply a tinted, I mean, especially mm -hmm. now there's so many good tinted SPFs. And then yeah. underneath that, a medical grade vitamin C. And medical grade vitamin C, I, it's the only thing I will consider. I have patients that are like, oh, I use this vitamin C from Sephora. And it's like, like no. congratulations, you're putting, you know, orange juice on your face. Oh my that, God, That really? probably costs you more than what, Interesting, you know? yeah. So medical, because the medical grade ones are the only ones that you know for a fact, like the potency, the pH, uh -huh. and um, the purity that are actually going to get to the layer that you need. I'd like to get into that. Yeah. I have rosacea and it's really calm now. There was a couple rough years there where my rosacea was really bad. Um, it's fine now, but... As I get a little older, my, I have a little more texture, a little more dullness. So I've thought about it because I go get facials at this place in Georgetown called Gila. Oh, okay. Um, it's on M Street. And I really like it there. And they've told me a few times now, like, you need to be using more vitamin C. Yeah. Medical grade yeah. vitamin C is the only, um, th that's like the number one medical grade product, mm. I would say. And then once you are diligent, once you're like using that medical grade vitamin C every morning, sunscreen every two hours, I don't care if you work from home and there's a window, you don't leave your house, you need sunscreen. Yeah. If you're driving, you need sunscreen. I do it every day. I also, maybe this is overkill, but I put sunscreen on my yeah, hands before totally. I get my nails done. Totally. Because I put my hands under that UV light. Exactly. And then like... Hands show age. Mm -hmm. They definitely do. And they get, like, age spots and stuff. Yep. So I do sunscreen there. I use sunscreen every single day. I love the Paula's Choice one for under my makeup. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I also love Elta MD for a tinted sunscreen. It's a sunscreen. great one. They're so good. That's a great one. I oftentimes use the Elta MD instead of a foundation. Yeah. I always tinted. tell people the best SPF is the one that you'll actually wear. Because there's the been one ones use. that I've tried that it leaves that... Um, like white cast, white cast because it's physical it's, sunscreen or it's greasy yeah and so then you'll just not use it and then you'll skip that step and right. you lose the habit so find one that you actually love and I mean it's 2023 there's like really good ones out there there's ev everything yeah. there's everything yeah so those are the most important then like you said rosacea so once you kind of are very religious about applying those two things then you can get into serums like medical grade serums for redness for pigment right. for dryness for anti-aging but until you master those two you don't really need to go down the other avenues because 90 percent of skin are, are those products interesting mm -hmm. okay so someone wants to know when should you get lip filler if you want to try it before your wedding uh good question it depends if you have like a teeny tiny lip 
Uh-huh. And your goal is, um, you know, a significant difference, right? I would mm-hmm. say start that process as soon as possible. Okay. If it's something where you just want a little bit of hydration, you love your lip shape, you love your height, your structure, your symmetry. You just um, want the ratio. juiciness. Exactly. Like, you don't want to change anything but hydration. That would be something that you can achieve more quickly. And I would say at the absolute latest eight weeks before the wedding at the absolute latest because if you want to do a little touch-up bruising swelling everyone everyone's healing is different like Um, what if you hate it is that enough time to get it dissolved if you just absolutely hate it Mm -hmm. yeah true yeah um I didn't really have bruising or swelling at all this past time Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of bruising for a day but the first time I got it done I had bruising and swelling Mm -hmm. and like the bumps yep so like when you get lip filler guys sometimes you'll have hard feeling bumps in your lips for a couple days and then mm-hmm. they go totally away and normal. it's totally normal and last up to two weeks yeah but I had that the first time I had like a lump right here in the middle mm-hmm. of my bottom lip and it took it took like a full two weeks yep. and it was a little noticeable I thought mm-hmm. so yeah can that happen time. and yep. worst case scenario you give it those two weeks go to your injector they can put a tiny little bit of dissolving if mm-hmm. it doesn't fully integrate at the two week mark and then you're good to go yeah, I've noticed that both times I've gotten the filler, my lips feel a little, not hard, that's that's a dramatic word, but they feel a little firmer yeah. for a while. And like if you purse your lips, you make a kiss face or you're kissing somebody, they feel a little bit firmer. Matt even notices it. Yeah. He's like, it, like, your lips feel stiff, but then it goes away and it feels totally normal. It just feels like your lip. Yep, totally. Um, Very normal. Yeah. Someone also wanted to know what causes lip filler migration and is that inevitable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, cause so difference between filler and tox, tox just yeah. metabolizes out of the body and it wears yeah. off. And filler metabolizes yeah. too. It just takes longer. It's A hyaluronic acid. So it pulls your body's own water to the area. And then eventually with time it metabolizes some areas quicker than others. The lip, obviously mm-hmm. one of the quickest because we move our mouth so much. Mm. Um, so Lip filler migration can happen to anyone. That's another one of those things, just like vascular occlusion. It's always a risk. We move our mouth so much. Things to prevent, you know, product selection, um, knowing what products. There's some products you should never put in the lip. There's even some products that are much better in this person's lip versus this person, Mm. depending on the type of lip tissue they have. So knowing what products you really should be using um, how quickly you build the lip. So okay. a lot of lips can tolerate one full syringe in a sitting. I will never, ever do more than one full syringe in a sitting. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's like a full blueberry, right? Which doesn't sound like a lot, but mm-hmm. your lips, they're not For that the big. Lips. Anywhere yeah. else in the face, don't talk to me if you think one syringe is a lot. But when we're talking lips... <laughs> no, it is a lot. I mean, yeah. I've gotten a half each time, and I feel like it's a very yeah, noticeable very, difference. I mean, and you that's look half at a blueberry your, spread over the whole for lip. For someone, if you look at your face every day for 30 years, and then you make a one millimeter change, it's huge, right? Yeah. So um, I generally range between like a little under half a syringe to a full syringe in a setting, and I mm-hmm. won't do more than that. Um, so I would say the, the volume that you're injecting in a given sitting, and then technique. Mm-hmm. So if you go beyond the border, as you're injecting that causes increased risk you know you get that little like mustache Mm -hmm. of the upper lip uh and then to be totally honest i don't know how i don't know how pg i have to keep it on here no go ahead i mean think about all the things we do with our mouth right so like if you have the perfectly placed but the perfect product perfect Uh placement perfect injector right and you have that filler and if you keep building with time right i don't but care if it's one syringe but using it using it a lot you know <laughs> um eventually yeah it can the most perfect lip filler can yeah. migrate i've been fortunate enough to not have migration even though i've had filler several times in my lips but i know a lot of people that have had like the best injectors ever uh-huh. and it just it just happens because well, when you're doing stuff when with you're your doing mouth, it, yeah. the muscles are pulling exactly. and you're like distorting your exactly. that may, i've never thought about yeah. that but that makes so much sense yeah. Okay, so that's all the time we have today, but I I learned so much today. I really did, and I'm excited because I know so many of these questions are really popular, and I feel like 
people really want to know, but either don't are like nervous to go in and have a consultation or just want all the facts first. So I'm really excited. Thank you so me much too. for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I've learned excited. so much. So tell people where they can find you yeah. if they're looking. Yeah. So um, Mary, I'm sure will share my Instagram handle mm-hmm. aesthetically underscore Alex, but I'm currently at Laser of Arlington in Clarendon. Mm-hmm. So come see me. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend. I've always had the best experience. Thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, perfect. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.